your host, Abel, with my co-host, Anthony. How are you doing today? What's up? What's up? And today we have a special guest, the one and only, <laughs> the legend. Um, the best drummer. The best drummer ever in no, existence. No, no. Uh, today we have a good friend, um, but better husband. We're going we're gonna to throw that in like there. That, Chris like Salas that. with us today. Thank you for saying yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you guys doing? Good. good. We are really excited. Um, we're, we're, we're with you yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we're about to get in that podcast conversation even <laughs> before we started recording. Yeah, man. I, I just want to say I appreciate you guys for uh, reaching out to me and uh, giving me this opportunity to be here. No, yeah, no. we're uh, happy to have you, man. You're a brother to us. So I appreciate that. So we're very happy to have you here. But uh, we want to go ahead, um, before we jump on in and start attacking you, <laughs> um, tell us a little, you know, tell us from where you're at now, like in life and where you, how did you get there? Man, that's a good question. Man, God's been good, man. Uh, just taking life day by day, man. Um, just working, church, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing crazy. Yeah, that's that's the usual probably for for, for, <laughs> for all of us. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, you've been uh, you're you're about to be married two years, right? Yeah, two years. Yeah. So so that's exciting. Yes. We've um, we've all been married for quite a bit. <laughs> Makes us realize we're getting older. Yeah. yeah. And um, the time flies, man. It's crazy. Oh yeah, time, yeah, does time fly. flies. We yeah. both turned thirty this year. Yes. Yeah. So that was a big hit to my soul. I would oh, say. <laughs> um. But yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right in. The reason I'm excited, I was excited to bring you in is because we're both musicians. Yes. And um, Anthony, you play a little bit of drums. I used to be a musician. Oh, I retired. Okay. I retired. You were just so good, you wanted to give the space to the other yeah. people. To the, to the next generation. Yeah, the next generation. Um, <laughs> but uh, you uh, you play the drums, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start off with my like kind of first thing. Mm-hmm. How do you... What do you think... How did, how important is music to the church? Let's start off with that. Wow. How important music is to the church? Okay, okay. I like this. Um, I think it's very important. I think it's essential to, to the church. I think it's... The music sets the atmosphere for... The person that's gonna bring the word mm, yeah that's good. so it's it's so important because it makes the person that's gonna bring the word it makes it a lot easier for them to to flow and and um bring yeah. what god's gonna um you know god has to bring to the church and get people. in that in that spiritual mindset Correct. to let the word flow exactly yeah. exactly so i think i think music is very important in the church very, yeah, very important. I 100% agree with that. And the issue of, you know, not only why this question is being pre- presented, but also why it's such a big deal is because, you know, all three of us, we grew up in, in the Pentecostal church. So let's yes. start by that. <laughs> um, I can't even keep track of how many times I've heard somebody say, when the preacher is about to come up or start, what's the what's the what's the number one thing we've always heard? Uh, Ahora viene la la parte más importante. De right, right. That's uh, so. True. In English, what they would what what that means is that once the the devotional ended or the praise and worship, and the preacher would come up, the main phrase would always be, "Now is the most important part of the service." So, 
it's it's really important that we tackle that and, and continue to talk about so that. let's let's tackle a little bit more um obviously we have the levites with um it being implemented with Moses was around being the first implementation of something that's organized within the church a, a primitive church do you think our implementation of music is correct especially obviously we're all pentecostals or grew up in the pentecostal spanish culture do you think the implementation of how we integrate music within church is the correct way let's go with that then let's go to another level okay so we think it's important we all could agree there yeah but is the implementation of how we're doing it today the correct way well i mean it's hard to say because i think we're we kind of we're kind of been adapting over the years musically so um you know from the very beginning they you know before us our time yeah <laughs> you know what i'm you know what i'm talking about they they had a certain way of doing it and they were they thought that was the correct way yeah yeah and maybe to them back then it was but little by little i just think that music and and praise have transitioned for the better i think yeah so i think that's okay the reason the reason why i ask is because it's it's hard because there's no specific um like out like outline of right how we should uh i mean there's outlines for preaching this is how you should present the gospel mm-hmm. this is you know the key points yeah there's no structural outline from the Levites or for even the Bible in general that says, okay, these are the the two ways, like even the disciples asked how we should pray. And Jesus gave a, a general, uh, uh, an answer. Right. The, the, in the new Testament, you see examples of preaching of the gospel in the book of Acts chapter, uh, chapter one, um, two, when it's presented the, you know, the first presentation of the gospel, Correct. we don't really see a presentation of how, I mean, they spoke about worship, but they didn't speak about how that sounds, mm-hmm. how that's implemented. Um, and how we should choreograph it within the the community space of the of the church. So it's it's one of those things where it's open, very open for interpretation. Right. But yeah. So it's yeah. And I I would like to say that you know in Psalms it talks about like you know praising with um, symbols and it just says praising with stuff. Sim- yeah. yeah. It gives you a list of like different instruments, but it doesn't tell you how to play them. Yeah. Exactly. So it's. I think it's open to your own interpretation of um, how to play that instrument. Yeah, and to go off of that, uh, it just speaks about like us as humans. Mm-hmm. We know, according to the Bible, we were we were created to worship, so that's our our number one priority, and that just speaks to the diversity of us as humans, right? We have different skin color, different uh, physical attributes different languages and that that's just a representation of that like Correct. you may you may do it a different way i may do it a different way you may play the drums you play the keys we all do it differently but it's all one goal it's all towards god and it 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 just speaks of of you know about god and how he's and is exactly infinite yeah yeah it and actually, one of the things as we were preparing for um, for the podcast, we were kind of talking about what we, we were going to ask you. <laughs> and one of the things, I'm going to see your question because I think it's relevant now, um, Anthony, was um, he asked or he were talking about, do you think there's a, an appropriate genre that maximizes? Well, that was not your exact question, but do you think there's an appropriate genre 
that is specifically for the framework of a service? Or do you think all genres are appropriate for a service? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a balance. I think it's, I think it goes, it goes as far as common sense. Like okay. you're not gonna discernment, yeah. Right, you're not gonna want to play something. Like if you want to get serious and want to be intimate with with God during the service, you don't want to play nothing that's crazy. That's kind of speaking about. Yeah, it's Christian, but or it's high tempo, or something. high tempo, yeah. something that's gonna like you know make you like kind of like move, move side to yeah. side and stuff yeah. like that. You mm-hmm. know, you don't you wouldn't really want to play something like that, and if you're trying to you know. But do you think it's more because that's how we grew up to think slow music equals this? Because, I mean, the reason why I say that is because if you even look at taking Christianity out, right? if you look at music when Beethoven and all these people were coming out, mm-hmm. their music was just a certain style because that was of their era and culture. Right. Do you think our, the reason why we say slow music equals seriousness or new, a fast music equals this is because of the culture we're in? Or do you think... That's how we should always do it, despite culture. So, what I was saying is, <clears throat> excuse me, is not technically. I'm not saying that a slow song should be for intimacy, or whatever. I'm saying that, you know, you guys can in, in our <clears throat> culture. That's that's how we right. That's how we use it exactly. Yeah. But I'm not. What I'm saying is like that's not a. You're not saying it's not a concrete rule. That right, yeah. correct, and like. You guys could do say whatever, but you know you're not gonna sing a reggaeton song <laughs> for a devotional. That's to get somebody to cry or to, right. to connect. Yeah, yeah. to connect with so, their emotion, emo- yeah, like uh, with exactly. their emotions and with you know. So you would say there is even within the culture framework for us in American culture, right. there are appropriate genres for specifically for worship. Yeah, I could. I, I'll, I'll say yeah. I'll say yeah, that to that. Yeah. And we see it, it's all, I think it goes beyond just, you know, keeping it at a genre or with a mood. It, it goes deeper psychologically. Yeah. Because we can, we can see that even in, in movies mm-hmm. where it's a scary scene or it's a like sad scene. You hear the, the music yeah. in the background go right. mellow, drop yeah. down in tone. So I think exactly. it's more of a psychological thing where we know by studying psychology and music combined that. A slower tempo, dropping the tone. It, it draws people it draws, into yeah, a different exactly. atmosphere. Yeah. So I think it, it plays more with that. Then. Yeah, I agree with that. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a challenge because, um, we grew up in an area where, where there's a whole new uh, flow of things. We were grew up more with hymns and gorillas yeah. uh-huh. and things yeah, like yeah. that, or yeah. or just you know the trio playing guitar. Yeah, yeah. And that was just it was, that was music. yeah. It was either super fast or super super slow super, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to have this dynamic now where there's new genres or implementations right but at what okay so we have that slow music but in what danger playing on people's psychological strings does it become you're just doing this to bring in emotion not doing this to bring a spirituality movement. Wow. So the reason why I ask that is because we know as doing devotional, you played in conventions uh, where our, our church organization brings, you know, multiple churches, a bigger event. And we see that certain times it's the loudness and the, you know, the flow of the, the peaks and valleys of the music right. 
bring sometimes an emotional response mm -hmm. because as we say movies you psychologically we we get this this year you know bringing that slow down you're bringing that bridge <clears throat> you broke it down right. it's building and building up you know, that chorus comes in you know that people start running around the spirit right but at at what how do you or as a musician how do you balance that especially being a drummer that you are the one that kind of brings that dynamics yeah that, that, that intensity are you that we do it just because we know that's going to draw people's psychological, you know, movement, or are we doing it in a spiritual build? And like, how do you decide that as a drummer? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I just, what I do is I go by what, what God is telling me at that moment. He's, if yeah. he tells me, hey, you know, at least for me, if he tells me, hey, look, like, you know, bring it up or, what I'm feeling at that moment or if, you know, God's putting into me to, hey, play louder because, you know, I'm breaking chains or that's how I kind of go by. Yeah. Go, um, go forward with that. So. Do you have that worry, though? Um, Where like you're like, do you ever feel like, man, like I'm just I, like people are just especially being a well-known drummer within at least this area where people like are just drawing to your your cuts, your fills or People are just being distracted by that, and not and not in a bad way. That's your fault. But do you ever have that fear of burden of like I need to make sure that people are focusing on the worship, not on my skill? Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's a big thing for me because at the end of the day, it's not about us; it's about God. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know, um, and that that also that also discipline in playing. That's that's where that comes in, knowing knowing what to do. In those in those moments, knowing that if you know that people are looking at you, especially musicians, if you know musicians are there, you're not going to want to kind of like overplay or do too much because, you know, that's going to draw attention, unwanted attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's going to draw attention away from what God has to say in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of. And to piggyback <clears throat> on what he's saying about like letting God speak to you or the spirit. That's why it's so important to have a, not only a, a great and dedicated worship team, but a worship leader who, mm -hmm. who you know, lets themselves be taken by the Spirit. That That's they're right. just not up there to showboat or mm -hmm. make people think that their team is better than it. And that's where that comes on. And that's why, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on the preacher to be spiritually perfect or right or at a certain level. But... Then we're like, oh no, they're just singers. So, just yeah. put whoever, who, whoever's good at singing, yeah. and, and it can't be like that. We all have to, no matter what role we play, is be connected with God and have Him speak through us. And yeah, it's it's even with me being playing piano, or um, you know, it's hard to stand out at piano. Well, I mean, you could, I guess you can. You really yeah. can. But in a sense where drummers, you know, that draws attention a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Even being a piano player. It does. It does burden me sometimes. Where you like, am I building up just because I know that's gonna bring a response, or am I building up because that's what's needed really right now for the spirit to move? Right. Or am am I being a a handicap for people to truly worship? That's probably one of, a big issue for me too. That's good. As whereas in like, are people only worshiping because like should people a lot of people worship louder as the music is louder. Mm -hmm. Are we creating a handicap for people to not to to not to not depend on us? Like a lot of times, people's worship truly depends on the musician and, and the quality of the music. And a lot of times, when I see and I look out, 
I always think, am I being a handicap for these people? Like, mm-hmm. and, and is the quality of music being a handicap where people are coming in and worshiping in the level of the quality instead of making people worship just to worship? What you mean is relying on the music to carry their worship instead of them exactly. bringing their worship. Like we, we see that. Where when, yeah. when, when it dies down, people aren't still yelling anymore. People it's, are okay. quiet down. And then when it builds up, people are like yelling. You hype like, up. The hype. So yeah. I, I do just, we create a handicap in those people yeah. when, we, when we do these things? I, I think it, it, it enhances, it, it motivates, it lifts up. Because a lot of those people that, come, that are coming into the service... Yeah. They're coming in broken. They're coming in yeah. hmm. with all types of things. So I feel like that's why music is so important. Going back to that first question, that's why music is so important because those those are the times where us as musicians, we start breaking that shell because those people, like I said, they're coming in with all types with of issues and yeah. issues and stuff. So I, I feel like us uh, playing and build and giving that intensity is is kind of breaking that. Uh, atmosphere yeah and giving them uh a better um openness yeah openness to to worship that's what that's how i and and to and to help booster the point that you're trying to make is who's the greatest musician in the in the bible that that says the bible says that he was a man after god's own heart is david right mm-hmm. yeah and what's the most iconic thing when it comes to his music in the story in the Bible, it says that Saul had a spirit that was troubling yep. him. Yep. Troubling him in his mind, emotional, everything. So there, going back to the question you had before, he was having an emotional issue, mental, spiritual, and it was David coming to play that broke that and sent that spirit out. Right. And gave him peace. Yeah. No, see, so, the reason why I think about that is because when you look at... New Testament until like movements like the Book of Acts or Paul movement, they didn't have a band that was going with them. They'll just preach and God moved without any music. Mm-hmm. So that's where like that's where my struggle is like, is it a handicap in today's time? Because if you look in the book, in uh, after Jesus passed away, there wasn't a band that went with the preacher that you know played beforehand, did do, and then the preacher preached. It was preaching. God moved. There was no need for music. Well, so is it because we grew up in that need of it that is a need now, or is it a need across the board? Because you see that of uh, musicians being integral in the church less in the New Testament than in the Old Testament. So what we have to remember is that, well, first of all, just because the Bible doesn't mention it doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Right. But also, furthermore, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the the temple got torn down, so there wasn't no temple to to for that to happen. Yeah. And also we we have to we have to think about seasons, right? So the the season that they were in was about expanding the kingdom and letting people know who Jesus was. So whether there was music or not, that wasn't the season. Let's say there wasn't. It could be that that wasn't the season for that because they needed above all things to know about Jesus because he just died and time had passed and now people were forgetting about it or be like, oh, then yeah. So. The reason I don't think music is non-essential. Obviously, being a piano player, that would be kind of <laughs> uh, kind of be uh, kind of weird. But how essential are we making it in the services? 
that again, that people only come to work, only are worshiping during that time? Is it becoming such a routine that people are make, it's becoming a handicap because people only are going to worship between start of song and end of song, and then that stops their worship uh, movement towards praising God? That's where I'm saying, like, does it become because we're little by little, you know, grew up creatures of habit, does it become too much of habit where we're not, you know, as David says, you know, praise in all times? Are we taking that away because we only are inter- uh, connecting worship and praise through music? I think that's a personal thing. I think if you're coming only for worship and not for the word, then you should reevaluate your life and see what... <clears throat> and, you know, kind of like, how do I put this? Yeah, like reevaluate, you know, why you're actually coming to church or why yeah. you're actually coming, you know. A discipleship so, area. It's right. more of a, yeah. Well, let me, let me push back on both of you for a second. So we have to remember that it wasn't, God, it wasn't God's plan for there to be a stationary temple. True. Yes. Right. That was David wanted to be to build him a temple because he thought that's what God wanted. God's plan was the tabernacle. Right. So it was David who wanted a temple somewhere for him to build. So what are the characteristics of the tabernacle? Tabernacle moved wherever they were. They took the tabernacle, set it up, did what they had to do. If they moved again, they would pack it up and move it. So that talks about God's uh, omnipresence. Right. He's always moving. Yeah. Correct. He's everywhere. He's not bound to four exactly. walls. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. so that's one thing we have to do. So the temple itself is a man-made thing. Mm-hmm. God didn't want that. Just like kingship was a, the people wanted a king. God never intended. Yeah. Exactly. We intended him to be the king. Yeah. But after the people yeah. wanted yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But the point of it is that remember the the holy of holies was the smallest portion of of the of the Levitical process in the yeah. tabernacle mm-hmm. so there was the altar burn sacrifice the washing a bu- bunch of other stuff the tabernacle and it's what we focus on because it's the fire and was a small part it was only a small percentage of the of the whole process but we have to understand that the only reason the fire came down was because of the preparation beforehand correct now combining that with the question you had before about you know is it only singing and we don't have to it's because of jesus that now we sing more why i say that's because in in the old testament they had to bring sacrifice kill the animal burn it okay. now we don't have to do that that was the that was the worship before was a physical killing and stuff that's true. now that's out of the equation so what has that been replaced with is with singing to the lord worshiping music so that's why that's why your question comes up because of the gap, like, oh, they didn't do that before, but because it, it was for that reason. Back then was a physical killing of an animal. Mm-hmm. Now that's out of the way because Jesus completed that. Now the only offering we have is monetary or praise and worship. So that's why it has changed to now. And and then to get back to the point of how, why, like, diminishing it so the word is more important or whatever. Let me bring up this point and see what you guys think about it. Like I said, without the the sacrifice, the offering to God, God didn't descend in fire. And also we were created to worship. So we have been trained to think 
the preaching is the most important thing mm-hmm. because we're egotistic. We want God to talk to us. Talk to me, God. Talk to my God. But God only talks to you at the level that you talk to him. Exactly. So if you worship him 100%, he's, he's going to talk back to you 100%. Yeah, if you good. only bring a 10% worship, then don't expect God to. And that's why, you know, it's not to say that the preaching is not important, but we have our, our priority has to be what are we bringing to God? That's and true. if God wants to speak to us, then so be it. But that's why Jesus said it's better to give than receive. That's mm-hmm. not only giving people physical things, but what are we giving God? We shouldn't, we should, we're always me, 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 give me, give me a word, give me a word. But then we come in and we lift our hands for two seconds and then we expect something from God. And until we get to that point where we come full on, whether he speaks to us or not, we're going to worship and that's our offering to him. Then, yeah. So going that's, with, that's good. I like that. <laughs> Stand for approval by Chris. <laughs> um, but going with that, do you, so you would, I guess I'll uh, open it. Do you guys think worship is an action? Cause you hear a lot of times worship is a lifestyle and that, you know, that minutes or mixes the idea of like worship and praise and worship is a lifestyle where do you distinguish the two as an action of, of, of response to speaking to him and your life being an action of response to speaking to him? Do you consider those two separate things? I, I'll toss it to you, but I don't think it's... Or do you think that statement of worship as a lifestyle is kind of wrong? I, don't, I, I think those, they correlate. I think they're together. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I don't, I don't, don't think there's, there's, a, there's a separation of that. Yeah, I think exactly. they're together. I think you, the sa- it's, it's the same thing as if I'm praising the same way inside the temple, it's the same way I'm going to praise outside. No, or I guess, the same way I'm going to live or I want to live for Christ is the same way I'm going to, you know. That's why it says we're a living sacrifice. Correct. So but the reason why I say that is if your worship is your whole life, how much worship do you need to give in a temple to make it justifiable to not be egotistic for the word? If you're saying your whole wife is a worship. Yeah, but then, it's not, it's not when it says your life is a worship is not that. That's what I'm saying. Do you think worship as a life is more, it means something else and worship and what we're okay. talking about. That's what I meant. Like the, the word worship in a, in a context of in church music and the word context worship is a lifestyle are we using worship in two different contexts? So I want—I actually want to hear your input on this. I want to see what 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 do you think about that? So I think it's important because our culture has made that important. So I don't—I think it's very dependent on time frame and culture. Where if your culture isn't musically heavy driven, then music is not going to be so important to you within your context of worship where other things could be a form of context worship important. Now, the Bible clearly states we should shout to the Lord in Psalms and things like that, where there's a sense of there's music is important to drive or, or a sense of speaking to him and, and saying who he is is important and called it within the Bible. Now, I do think we're just saying worship is a, is a, is a lifestyle, is a the best word we could use to mean what we're talking about when worship is a lifestyle. I think worship is more of an action. I come to church to give, and this is my offering. Where it speaks about offering is a physical action. This is my offering to you. I think the worship is a lifestyle is the best way we could describe living in sanctification 
or living for him, where the Bible speaks about we die for him as a living sacrifice for that. So I think it's just a way to explain in our lamest language, like the the linguistics of our language, it bounds us to use that word as the best description. But I think they're two separate things. I think worship is essential and might be different based off our culture. Like you said, we adapt over time. Mm -hmm. But I do think those two statements are completely different. Like worship is an action that we should do within our, our Christian life. And worship is the best way we could describe living a being a living sacrifice to the Lord. I would put it like this: If we live right, we're we're as part of is like Chris like Chris said, it's the same thing. You can't do the act of worship of worship, singing and doing that, and then live a, a unholy life doing whatever you want because then it has to be the same in and out. Exactly. Like. It's part of it, but it's not only your lifestyle is part of worship. That doesn't mean it's only that. Like you can live right, and then when when you go into a service, you're just sitting on your hands and not doing anything. Right. You need both. It's not. I don't separate it. Yeah, I think you should be giving. You should be giving worship at all times, not just when you're. No, no I'm saying you should do it only in bound within that. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, worship is a physical action. Yeah, of course. Where, of like, course yeah, it is. Yeah. That, when you're saying Absolutely. worship, like all the time, we're not physically praising the Lord or we're not physically praying all the time. We're, we're well, recording a podcast or I'm, I'm hanging out with my daughter. I'm not physically doing the action of what we say worship is. The reason why, so I guess I'll read this verse uh, in Romans 12, 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is true and proper worship. So it's like what even Romans, uh, uh, Paul uses it in a connection where our living sacrifice is a proper worship to him. Exactly. So, so it's, it's, but I would say it's more of a linguistic thing. Uh, we're bounded by our li- English language where our living sacrifice of being sanctified for him and dying for him. And, you know, doing these things is a sign of, of, of worship, worship. Of, of honoring him and things like that. Or I guess you would say that I would say praise is the more proper word of what we do in church. But I would say worship and what we do in church and what this verse is speaking about are two different things. Let me let me use an example to 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 illustrate it. Praise is worship, but not all worship is praise. A, a good example is fruits and vegetables. So all fruits are vegetables. But not all vegetables are fruits. So it, it's about definition. For example, a vegetable, the definition of a vegetable is a part of a plant. Mm-hmm. Mostly edible. So any any part of the plant that you can eat is a vegetable. A fruit is the thing that the plant produces that carries the seed. So that why that's why all fruits are vegetables, but not all vegetables are fruit. Because, for example, a, a lettuce doesn't have seeds in it, right? It's not a fruit. Right. It's a vegetable. Because it's part of the plant that we, but a fruit is also part of the plant that we eat. Exactly. So, the the definition goes that way, but it doesn't come back. Same thing with worship. So, praise is included in worship, but not all worship is praise. And and that's that, what I'm saying. So the good. the linguistics of our language, we don't have a separate word for being like living holy. Like we we say our life is a a, a lifestyle of worship. So, is the best way of describing what we do. Yeah, but. The, the issue with that is because, you know, 
people like to be viral and have a nice quote. So <laughs> that's what I think that is. Oh, worship is a lifestyle. Somebody was just trying to be, you know, cool and yeah, yeah. start a trend. And, yeah. But, you know, like you just said, it's a living sacrifice. So, yes, our life. Our, and another thing, because you brought that point up about, like, if I'm hanging out with my daughter, that's not worship. I would counter that point. No, I would say is worship. Well, what what I meant to say was the context of this verse and the context of that, even that saying of worship is a lifestyle. I do feel like, you know, the Bible even talks about doing all things of glory of the Lord. Exactly. Like we, we do all things. There's a certain way I should hang out with my daughter. There's a certain way I should, you know, treat mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. all this I do in sanctification to be more like Christ. Right. There we go from like yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what I mean is in this context of worship, and the physical action of what we do in church, and we say, you know, worship—that's worship as well. Be, those, those are two separate things. In action of of I'm worshiping in action in church. Yeah, if you, if you want to separate it by physically being in a church and, and singing and praising and your lifestyle, now, sure. But, but the re- the reason why I brought it up to go back to the original point is if we're saying. And we want to give, give, give. Well, we don't want to give, give in church, and we want to only receive. And that's why we say that's more important preaching. If technically we're saying our whole life is of worship, aren't we all giving at all times? Then we're not being so egotistical when we get to church. Well, we all should be doing it all. But right. I'm, like, if we're should saying be. our life is a form of worship, and if we're, if we're going to blend those two, two as the same thing, then worshiping for five minutes and listening to preaching is not that egotistical for for saying that whole rest of the day i'm technically worshiping no because there's a there's a it's just like the it's it's just like god's presence you know there's something called resident presence Mm -hmm. and manifest presence so the resident presence of god was 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 with the jews right Mm -hmm. because those were his people so he was always with them but his manifest presence is a different level. When he would, when the Bible would say he would come down on on David and do something, or he would come down and touch this person and they would do something, that that presence is a is a different level. So God is everywhere at this, at, at all times. So God is here right now. Yeah. That's his manifest presence. That's his resident presence, just based on his attributes. But when he actually descend and you see and we see, like the, we see it in the book of acts exactly. that's, that's, manifest, yeah. that's uh, the that's the best explanation <clears throat> of that so our our worship life is what we should do that's the norm but then when we go into church it takes it to another level Correct. and and influ- and i don't want to use the word influence because people get triggered but then it, it moves god to to be more present and show himself even more than just the norm I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I like that. I, I, I like think that. It's, in, it's important to do worship, but it's, and, it's a unique balance, and it's something where... Let me take it a step further. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we try to... A lot of people try to stay in the New Testament, but without the Old Testament, we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't... So we have to go back to the orig, original, Genesis. We were created to worship, right? Mm-hmm. And who was the first man? Adam. So before the fall, he was quote, technically perfect, right? There was no, he was innocent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that's when we need to go. And so the preaching is the result of sin. Yes. If yeah. Adam would have never sinned, there would be no need for preaching. Right. Yes. So he was worshiping 
God before. So preaching is a consequence of sin. Yeah, but if you... But we were called to worship before preaching anything. ever existed. Yeah. So. But let's see, if we're going to use that example, there's no example of music being played. He wasn't a, a musician. There's no example of that. No. Who's the... Who's, you're forgetting who's the original worshiper. Who was in charge of worship before Adam? Before Adam? Well, I mean... Lucifer. Nope. Yeah, but what I'm... What I'm so, and, and the Bible specifically says and explains all the things that right. entail... No, what I'm saying is there was no... Going with physical, like us as oh, humans. Like physical. I'm talking about humans. There is... If we're going to use, you know, Adam being the peak of of well, a relationship yeah well remember our voice our voice our voice box is an instrument yeah, yeah. and so our, it's our hands so just because there wasn't a, a man-made instrument with strings or right. skins yeah. to it but our body is an instrument the yeah. bible says so yeah i mean it's, it's it's a unique thing where it's something that's important but can be handicapped we see this as a big example the reason why i say because you see this big example when churches don't have good quality when it's like a you know small church, they don't have musicians. They just have a guitar player, and that's all they have. And he's you know old. He doesn't. He, he's new or he's older. And then people struggle. I mean, it's it's an error of the people. I give you that. It's an error of people of being bound by like, oh, I don't have good music, so I'm not gonna worship like I should worship either way. It's an error of the people. But does because it's become so normalized that this is important within the in the service. Does it eventually become... That's the reason why I brought it up because it, I feel like it a lot of times ends up becoming more of a handicap to people than a a push for people because people end up just looking for good quality, for good quality, not looking for good quality. But it's an error of the people, not an error I mean, of the musician. Yeah, I agree with what you're like saying. Like the musician can't control people being... No, no, of course. Yeah. I'm sure Chris agrees too. Like, obviously... When you have more more instruments, better equipment, you're carrying people because you know it's they, easier. Exactly because they can they can mask themselves by the music and just yeah. And they're not limited yeah. to the certain yeah. But at the same time, you could argue that the churches that have less quality actually have a more realistic worship because they can do it without their instruments but that doesn't mean if you have the instrument the worship is less right yeah, yeah. it's it, it's it's more of a, a a independent by person issue exactly. not a church issue like the church can't control i mean through the discipleship i guess they could work on that but in a sense you can't control someone's ability or skill. ability yeah. or desire to only worship when good music is happening right. yeah now now going with good music how How responsible or how much should the church push for good quality? So a lot of times we see this not only in, in music, but even in preachers where they don't perfect their craft. Mm -hmm. How much yep. should you be called to perfect your craft? That's a good one. I think, you know, that's important. I think if I think you need to. Or the the church needs to push to be to have better equipment to have better mm -hmm. instruments because mm -hmm. what that does is, um, it takes off that limit of our creativity musically and our worship towards God. If that makes any sense, and the quality too, and, and the, the quality, because you know we're called to to give God the best, so right. the first fruit. That's not just, you know, we only limit it to money or 
it's like no our first fruit is in everything so in in that sense um do you feel the church uh, or as in like should it to encourage these like a lot of times we either you either have a pastor doesn't really care about music or a pastor okay, so so let me let me see if i get your question you're trying to ask him if if we should just rely on just on the on the level of skill that God has given somebody and not push them to practice more or to take classes to train to better their craft, or they should just okay. No, what I, I guess what I'm asking is, if we're gonna say we should give the best, mm -hmm. is there a level everyone should be to be able to play? That's what that's I guess that's what I'm asking. If we're gonna say okay, we should perfect our craft, we should give the Lord the best, then if someone isn't the best should they be able to play or if they're not at their best like for example let's say me if i never practice or anything like that i'm not going to be as good as i did if i take three years of practice so if if i'm not doing that should i be able to play or is there a threshold where like i need to be this good to make to play so i what my take on that is if you're not pushing yourself to be a better musician then absolutely not you shouldn't be playing Absolutely not. But you should be, should be, should there be a standard that you should be at to be even to be able to play? Like we're like, okay, you're not good enough yet. Continue to work on your craft, then you could come play. Absolutely, because what ends up happening is that that person, you know, unintentionally becomes a burden on the rest of the the hmm. the team, because what ends up happening is that it that connection that flow that already that team is building when you when you add a person that is not up to the musical level mm -hmm. i should say for for lack of a better term right as the other musicians it's, it'll, it'll weigh them down it'll weigh them down it'll kind of give it that unbalance yeah okay does that make sense now, I, I, I'm, I'm following you. I'm following you. <laughs> it kind of gives them that unbalance. So that's why I think um, if, if you are a musician, like I said, if you're not practicing and, and you want to play at the level as you're not, you're not going to. So, so you hear a, com a combat to that. A lot of like leaders will say, oh, this person's giving their heart to the Lord, even if they're good or bad. Like it's. You you hear that a lot. A lot of a lot of leaders or, or pastors or even preachers would say, you know, I'd rather hear this person because they have the you know that anointing, quote unquote, or you no, know, they're giving their all compared to hearing somebody that is a good quality. So I, let, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, I I think that also does that bother you that statement? It yes, because the fact that it's it's the same. Here's an example for me that wouldn't make sense for me it's like you're not going to invite a preacher to your church if he's not reading the bible mm -hmm. if he's not studying mm. you're if he comes up and starts preaching he's not going to know what to say he's not going to be led by god it's going to be let's take it a step further if they were if they're a terrible public speaker how many how many churches are going to invite a terrible public speaker right. to preach? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not. And you know, obviously, there's you know, 
for the for the people listening, we get it. We know that God could use anybody, and you know all that good stuff. But you know, it's exactly what he's saying. If it's a if you're not uh, there's exception that God can use anything exactly. But if you're not a, a a well a good speaker, like he said, you're not gonna be. So as effective as as effective, effective, correct. And and let me help him out. Look to for the people who are you know, we have to give God the best. And I'll use myself as an example. I used to play drums, but I wasn't dedicated to you know get better, and so eventually I I stopped doing it because I wasn't. I recognized that I wasn't as committed as I should have been, so. I wasn't improving, so I was like, right, let me just let somebody else do it. And and it's not it's not to diminish like, oh, like it should if you're really if you really feel like you're worshiping God through playing the drums or whatever instrument, then you should put it upon yourself to get better. You right. shouldn't you shouldn't stay at at the at the level you're at just oh, because God uses me, you know. Okay, God can still use you, but why wouldn't you want to improve to be better to 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 yeah. to give the best of the Lord? Yeah, God using you doesn't take away your duty to still improve. For exactly, the Lord. And, and those are two separate. Yeah, like, God can use anything, but that doesn't justify your laziness. Yeah, in that right. And then Correct. to go yes. back to the to you know to go back to the tabernacle. You know, here we go, <laughs> Old Testament. When God instructed Moses to start that project, he told him. Those who are going to work on the wood structure of it get the best carpenters in the in the yeah. in the in the in the, in the tribe. Yeah, yeah. In the, yeah in the area. If if he if if God would he would say oh get whatever carpenter who barely knows how to do no he wanted the best for his tabernacle so he said get the best carpenters get the best uh, people who work with fabric get the he he wanted the best people because you know sorry to burst people's bubbles but if if you're not if you're not taking the time and the effort to to better yourself in any craft, whether it's music or preaching or whatever it is we do, then if someone comes along that that is better, quote unquote. So should. yeah, I agree. Um. So obviously, I mean, I'm in agreement there. I think we should give the best, and a lot of times we. We just we use that line to justify people's laziness, and also that that comes that usually comes from these small churches mm-hmm. that don't have a lot of musicians. Yeah. So of course we get it, we sympathize with them. Like if you only have one drummer, that's your drummer. You yeah, can't, yeah, right. you yeah. know. But you should push him to go in seminars, take class, or do whatever, uh, shadow or or team up with with uh, another drummer or whatever the case may be. To improve your skill so we yeah, get it you know yeah. not everybody has the best drummer but you should still push or best to, or even yeah. out the musicians yeah, yeah to yeah. push 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 your musicians to be better than right yeah I, no. i'm sorry I, no go ahead i just feel like i i, I agree i want to piggyback off of what he's saying it's like if if god like if if you're in a small church and you're you know you don't have that much resources and you're kind of just, you know, starting to play and stuff mm-hmm. and or whatever the case may be. If God sees that passion, then he's going to invest in you. Mm. You know what I mean? If if he knows that you don't have the resources, you don't have he's going to invest in you no matter what because he's God. But you need to do your part. But you need to do your part. 
So that's why, that's what I, you know. Which goes back to the point of before about worship in general. If we don't come, if we don't come to church to give him the best worship we can, we can't expect him to use the preacher to speak to us. Yeah, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah, it, it has. You have to give, give your all, and God will give his all. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, you, you probably see a lot of that in the smaller churches that are limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That of of. But because they're the only musicians, they don't push them to to do more. Like we we already have this one piano. We don't have, we don't bother. Yeah. Let him do his thing. That's it. Yeah, because they they conform. It's like okay, we don't want to scare him to leave and yeah. get upset. And yeah, no, you should push. Now, Absolutely. since we should want the best, one of the issues that causes lack of practice is time. You mm-hmm. know, if you have to work two jobs and pay your bills and all that stuff, to give more time, one of the solutions would be paying your musicians. Now, we know a lot of churches, not even because of financial strain, but out of just decision, you know, um, theological position or yeah. ideological mm-hmm. position, they yeah. just don't pay musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is your stance on musicians being paid? I look at it like this. Um, I'm, I'm not too familiar on how to say it in English, but there's a verse in the Bible that says, Todo obrero es digno de su salario. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that any anybody it doesn't it doesn't have to be uh, specifically musicians exactly. But anybody that's working in the house of God should be compensated. Yes, I know. God is gonna you know bless you and yeah. I get it. We live in a real world though. Right. So. I think and strongly believe that everyone that is working in the house of God, sacrificing their time and their effort away from family, away from friends, away from different things, I think they should be compensated. No, I, I'm okay, Anthony. And the thing is that you use that verse that all. Um, workers should, should yeah. earn their wages, right. and Paul says it himself. You guys, you guys, uh, you 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 receive my my spiritual uh, givings. It's only right that I receive your your physical things. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, I preach to you guys. You guys are. It's only right that I get offering for what I'm doing, and and that's the problem. Like, and it's all about the mindset, right? Is what we teach. It's a mindset. Exactly. It's 100% so, the mindset. so they they always a lot of people preach and teach oh no you have to do it for the lord and so you can't ask for money so that's what we've been indoctrinated with so we even do stuff like no no you don't have to give me anything no offering and then but because that was instilled in them to because that's the quote-unquote right thing to do but this is we should handle it in this fashion if they don't want to receive an offering you still should give it to them Mm -hmm. and then let them decide so Give it to them, and if they don't want it, then they could just return it as an offering back to the church. Exactly. But yeah. give them the option, because I trust me. Let's be real. Most people will be like, no, no, no. But if they get it, then they'll be like, they'll okay, thank it. you, God, and they'll yeah. use it for something that they need. Yeah, because so, you, you say no out of because big, you, out of respect and out, out of, of respect, courtesy, and but and because so many people expect you exactly. not to get paid, you want to say no to not be looked. But it's because that's not to be built into. Because what happens is people look at you as a non-spiritual musician if you ask for money. Right. Whereas in pastors, we they're, if they get paid, we don't look at them as like they're less spiritual because they're getting paid. It's like 
we live in a real world right and and to go off of that here's a here's a beautiful example <laughs> um there's been times where um people have asked me hey can you um cover can you cover at my church or can you play or whatever 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 the case is and i go I go to those uh, services, those churches, and <clears throat> after after playing, and we're talking about doing rehearsals, um, mm. being there early to set up, you know. The spiritual burden. Just the emotional burden of playing. Of, like, of emotional... playing, yeah. And then after that, and sometimes it's not even close to home. Sometimes it's far, mm. an hour, two hours mm. away. And, you know, growing up, as uh, you know, Pentecostal, we we were embedded like like uh, Anthony was saying that we shouldn't ask for money because it's that's it's for the Lord. Yeah. But then you know, there's been times like I was saying, there's there's been times where I say, no, 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 I'm I'm good. You know, God's gonna repay me or God's gonna pay me. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then everything's over and I'm sitting in my car and I'm on E mm. and I have no money. Mm. So then you're faced with the reality of, you know, like, okay, how am I going to get home? And there's been times where I had to call people like, hey, bro, you, you think you could let me borrow 20 bucks? You know what I mean? So I, I think it, it goes it goes beyond just kind of like, oh, um, you should like, you know. So like, I guess paid. the rebuttal of a lot of people say is then people do it just for the money. Right. But, so then I guess what the question would be, should there be a cap on how much you should make as a, as a musician? Well, whereas in it, like, no musician should be a millionaire. No musician should be, like, should there be a cap to cause you to, that you're, you know, you're living your living wages, but at what point does it become a, a profitable business? I think, I think God calls it to be prosperous in life. So I think that if you're if you're if you're a church musician and you're making millions of dollars, that's awesome. That's re realistically that's everyone's dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not only that, if 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 the people or the organization is willing to pay you that, then why 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 should you be looked down upon or looked bad at or anything if? If they're willing to pay whatever they want to pay, then and bless you with that. That's that's you know, you you didn't you didn't force them to give you. So the reason why I bring it up, I mean, I'm I'm with you guys. Mm -hmm. The reason I bring yeah. it up is because you you have these issues. I'm gonna bring it up because it's we're musicians. You have Dante and Aaron. Mm -hmm. What that happened with um, with uh, Maverick City, and a lot of people look at it is because they were so indulged with the money, the fame, and all these things. It could cause you to lose that spirituality to it. And that's, I mean, it's a danger. I mean, music, I mean, the Bible speaks about money being a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. It speaks about these things. Right. So the reason why I ask, like, should you yourself have that cap? As in, because we see these moments, examples of musicians falling or things like that. And a lot of people, either being ignorant or not, bring it up as in, like, it's because they're, you know, they're famous. They got involved in this, you know, becoming a star and not being... I, a, 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 a minister. I think that I don't, I know 
they say, you know, money is the root of all evil. Yeah, whatever. But I don't think that's the case all the time. I think if the person wanted to, if the person fell, is because they wanted to fall. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't I, think yeah. I don't think the money had personally. I don't think the money had anything to do the, with the it. The heart was broken before the money. Correct. It just gave them access to do what they wanted. Exactly. That, that's what we were trying to say. It, right. It's a character issue. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that famous saying that uh, what is it? Money corrupts or something like that. Yeah. Or money reveals no. Money reveals who you really are. Exactly. What it gave you is the opportunity to show the character that you already had. Exactly. You just yeah. didn't have the opportunity to show it. Exactly. And then another thing is, let's be real. No matter how famous you are as a Christian, no matter how many millions you make, I don't want to throw any names out, but we know some millionaire pastors and stuff. It doesn't matter because the people in the world are wake, are making five, 20 times that. So yeah, we're not just, making as much as we think. We're exactly. Just so even if we, exactly. Like, right. We're making a million exactly. dollars. Yeah, like, yeah. So like, like Chris says, like, why, why not? Yeah. If, if yeah. the Bible says that God is the, the, the owner of all gold and silver and we're his children. So who's I mean, supposed to get the gold and silver? If you look at, Correct. if you, if, if it did a study that if Solomon had what they said he had, He's the richest man ever in history. Yeah. And not, yeah. not only that, look, you know, we we have these notions that these people in the Bible, like, they were so humble and stuff. No. Most of all the people in the Bible had money. Abraham was one of the wealthiest men. As a matter of fact, his wealth was growing so much that him and his, uh, what was it, his nephew? Yeah. They had to split and separate because yeah. their their lands were getting so big and were crossing each other so then they had to move even further apart to keep growing yeah and then god tell them no you got to sell some stuff you got to you know. <laughs> stay humble and yeah, then and humble. then another thing you know we're pentecostal we can only speak about that like this fake notion that 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 means humility when you don't ask for stuff back in return david only went to kill goliath after after he asked what would happen to the man who killed the giant so he he was willing to kill goliath but only after he heard the reward the reward was you'll have the daughter of the king and he's like oh okay now let's go he saw her wait a minute <laughs> wait a second I'll, I'll try this out. and then what, what we don't understand about that is that only he knew that he was anointed only him and and samuel and his dad and probably his brothers knew that he was anointed to be king. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was only right for a king to marry another king's daughter. So he knew what he was worth. Exactly. And that's the yeah. problem. As 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 Christians, we're taught, uh, oh, we got to be humble. We got to be humble. And we think that's to not receive what we're worth. And that's but not the, even Jesus that taught you, us the opposite. He was, you, we were worth him dying for us. So right. I mean, not even that. If you look at the logistics of the... Of the ta tabernacle, the temple, like mm -hmm. they were using gold. Exactly, everything. Right. Like everything, everything was laced like, in gold. Yeah, it was like the most like <laughs> extreme, like exactly showing of wealth. Exactly. Yeah, ever built. Like everything was gold. Everything was gold plated. Like, they were not using anything exactly. cheap. They're and not I, getting no great value Walmart exactly. stuff. And and I think that that comes with a. I'll I'll, I'll say it like this: It comes with a poor man's mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, stay humble. 
because you know you can't make the money or whatever you know not you know speaking of money but yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. and that's that's the problem like having that poor man mentality is gonna that's why they say oh you have to stay humble and and you know, it causes a lot of it. Not just for music. Yeah, that mentality causes a, a, a stagnation of development for right. the church yeah, exactly. in general. Yeah, because the church should be the prominent voice of technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, of all these things, but because we should, we're, we make ourselves weaker than we should be. Mm-hmm. The Lord, I mean, David was like all these people were like, this was happening, this was going to yeah, go down because we think we think. That's what humility is, is not having anything. No. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's the problem. Like there's, it's like, I mean, it's, it's funny because they're like, oh, if you, if you're making, you know, a lot of money, that's, you know, or I, I've heard this before in, in the churches. Oh, you're not rich because God doesn't want you to be rich because he knows what you're going <laughs> to What? That's a good way to not pay someone, right? What 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 kind yeah. of mindset is that? Bro? Yeah, it's the the father of the faith is Abraham, and he had he was one of the most wealthiest men in the Bible. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge. Um, I mean, obviously, the the Bible speaks about the danger of money, but again, all this if we fall because of money, or we fall because we don't, or like we only worship because music is playing. It's yes. not an error of the instrument. It's, it's a an error. It's an error of yourself. Correct. Mm-hmm. If character. I only worship because Chris is playing drums and Anthony was playing drums, ah, he's not that good. I'm not gonna worship when he's playing. Mm-hmm. That's not an error of of you two. That's it's a error. character. It's the error of the person. If right. I fall because of money, it's not because it was money. I mean, the Lord speaks about that. It's a, a dangerous thing. Like mm-hmm. be be careful of it because yeah. it can bring out of you quickly bad things. Mm-hmm. But. If you do fall, it's an error of you, not an error of the actual money. Like mm-hmm. merit, money didn't push you to sin. Right. It was just like you said, gave you it gives you more access. Right. And it makes it easier to fall in temptation because you can literally get your temptation in a second. Exactly. And if we think about it, it was crazy it was even more crazy in the Bible times. Because now it's money. It's paper. Mm-hmm. Which has no value technically. It's it based on land nothing. and it's ba- exactly back then was real wealth. You had land, you had animals, you had gold. That's now right. it's you have a paper that's supposed to represent something. Yeah, but it's not based on anything. Yeah. Um. To to move along, one of the things we kind of wanted to talk about was I'm saving one topic for the end, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we all know. It. But there's one thing I want. To, what's the difference between secular music and Christian music? Well, what 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 makes is it a musical thing, or it no? Is? I don't think so. I think the difference between secular and Christian is that one speaks about Jesus and God, and the other one can speak about any a million things. Exactly. So can okay. So you like for example, boys to men, they were considered to be Christians, hmm. and they never really spoke about anything too crazy, but they never really spoke about Jesus. Does that make them secular? That's a good question. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I would say I'm the type of person that I separate the person from their work. Okay. Because, you know, there's many examples where 
I mean, recently Dante is an example. Yeah, like you can be you can be the worst person and sing about Jesus, and nobody's gonna know you're a terrible person, mm -hmm. and vice versa. You could be the best person and talk about money or whatever, and people are just gonna have that preconceived notion of of the of the work that you're putting out, but mm -hmm. not the person behind it. That's mm -hmm. true. And we see that in the Bible. Like, there's that's why the false prophet is a thing, mm -hmm. because they were pretending to be true, but they're actually false, yeah, and we don't know until secular music i think it's a more of a discernment thing because if you look at songs of solomon there was a much straight jesus <laughs> exactly. in there there was a lot of his all all sexual exactly yeah. Yeah. explicit sexual stuff exactly. like yeah. does that make it worldly because there's i mean so i think it's a discernment thing where like i don't think artists christian artists should be like it's you should be a proponent of jesus and the gospel things like that but you can speak about other things without falling into trap and presenting mm -hmm. it in a non-gospel way correct like you could talk about sex in your song but you're talking about sex in your song in a in a way that conduces god's lead movement exactly where correct. it's touchy because it makes it's hard to do those things in today's time right but i think and also it's discernment of what songs you sing in church like obviously like you're not going to sing if we consider let's say we say boys to men wasn't secular it's not like we're going to start singing boys to men in 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 the church there's yeah. a there's a sense of discernment mm -hmm. exactly yeah i agree with that and this is this is uh this is a um something that i i wanted to always talk about because a lot of people kind of um go past this but you know the song creere from uh del cielo and there's a lot of people a lot of churches that use that Mm -hmm. to minister mm -hmm. right but where did that originate from does anybody know it originated from r kelly was the first one to mm -hmm. sing that song mm -hmm. so that goes with that discernment like people are people don't know that a lot of people don't know that like mm -hmm. r kelly was the one that sang that song in english obviously and he sang that 15 years ago mm -hmm. okay. right but we took it and change it to Spanish, and now it's okay. Right. <laughs> so what do you, what do you, how do you view, so obviously we have this issue with Maverick City, but there's been a couple of instances in the last couple of years of not just musicians, but big name. We see the um, Hillsong pastor. We see, you know, a lot, a couple of things. How do you view that in the response of like, they're shunned from their, their thing? Like they're shunned from their position. They're shunned from their role versus forgiveness and keep going like should there be a higher standard for these bigger name people um i i think that we should all be held to a standard i don't think i don't think because you are you know a big name or i don't think you for me I don't think I think everyone should be held to the same standard. Okay, does that make sense? So the reason why I asked that because I want to segue to this. Um, right. We see a lot of times. Um, most recently, more memorable for me is uh, Tasha Cobbs had more, um, Nicki Minaj on one of her uh, albums. Mm -hmm. Clearly, not of uh, bearer of fruits, not just, but a bearer of fruits. We don't see bearer fruits of of us of, of from Nicki Minaj mm -hmm. in the public. In the public. Should we, if we're gonna carry a standard, should we invite someone like that into our albums or into into 
being a proponent of influence to the Christian church. Someone that was not bearing public, bear, uh, isn't bearing fruit publicly. Right. And we have, oh, I guess, you know, we're in agreement of there's a very fine line between secular and Christian music. Correct. Should we be bringing these people that are clearly not bearing fruit into our being, in not, not, not just coming to church and inviting them to church, but they're becoming positions of speaking to us, not us speaking to them? That's a good question. Um, Anthony, you wanna <laughs> wanna run with it? The thing is that like let me let me uh, process it. <laughs> yeah, let me process it. The thing is that like like her music doesn't bear doesn't present. Yeah, but correct. But like I said, we have to separate separate the work from the person. Mm-hmm. Not Ooh. I wouldn't say too far. Yeah, but I mean the each. I would say each song you have to separate. For example, she was on that song on on Tasha Cobb song, but was she singing the stuff that she sings normally? No, no. But it, like again, false teachers could preach a word, but that doesn't mean that they're really preaching the word. Nicki Minaj could make a verse. That yeah, but how Christian. do you know they're a false? How do you know they're a false teacher? Like I'm not saying Nicki Minaj is. No, no. What, that's what I'm saying. That it's it's about the content. Mm-hmm. What are they What are they saying, right? Because a false a false teacher is because they're teaching something false. A false teacher, not somebody. Oh, but that, what, I, what I'm saying is they're false because they're teaching something false. If they were teaching the truth, they would be called a false but, teacher. I mean, we're not going to go to someone a pastor. Let's say a pastor, right? If preaching, he preaches a word, mm-hmm. but clearly publicly, he's not living what he's preaching. Does that person have a foundational? Like, does he have ground to speak of these things? Or should we even listen to someone that does that? In the same context, if someone that raps or sings all stuff that it's not clearly that bears fruit of the gospel and invites them to the album, yeah, they could, they could sing a song or preach a song that is in the context right, but does that still give them ground to someone to be the influence over us? But that's not our job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. What I mean is, if the if the if the... If the pastor's not living right and it's public, he's the one calling himself a pastor, right? So then you should have discernment to, okay, so I shouldn't follow this guy. But that's only because you, you can see that he's not doing it. But what if what are the people that are that you can't see it? They're doing it behind closed doors and you're still following them. The yeah. the the contention and the issue only comes because you can pub, public can see it. But yeah, but people I mean, doing worse things that you can't see. Sure. Exactly. And you still I, follow and, them. And, and, yeah, on. good. I mean, I, I'm with you there. But because we could publicly see it, we should be like, oh, well, we don't publicly see it. What I, my work, my state, my, I'm, I'm against it. I don't think we should have people that... I, I would be with it if we brought her in, she sung it, and stopped singing her stuff. But... I don't think we should put people in position. I mean, God could do anything. God's like we. God mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. spoke to. I made a donkey speak and became a position of influence. Yeah. But we shouldn't willingly put people of influence that could obviously put something together that could that is biblically sound to be an influence over us or over our children or our our, our body of Christ mm-hmm. that clearly isn't publicly presenting the fruits of the spirit. I I get it. I get what you're saying. I get it. I'm. How I look at it is in a more open-minded kind of uh, scenario or whatever. Yeah. So, because think about it, right? We're, we're thinking of it uh, one way, but think of it this way. What if 
what if bringing her into that um, scenario of, of Nicki Minaj singing with Tasha Gob, singing about Christ, what if that was speaking to her? Adorable. What if when she, exactly, adore, what if when she was writing those lyrics, God was speaking to her or God was like, you know. Yeah. In- so this is, this is where like, yes, we kind of like we, going with the what if or what God can do is a dangerous thing. Like we wouldn't do this, like for example, let's say someone's a great speaker, but says horrible stuff and mm-hmm. talks about horrible stuff. And they could conducively make a good preaching, get biblical principles to preach about. We wouldn't invite them to preach. We'd be like, you're not bearing good. You're not going to come to the altar and preach because you're not bearing. Like, we have that standard for other things. Why are we more opening it? We're open about it for musicians and singers. But where? Where have we gotten that, that mentality from? Well, you gotta, it, you, you gotta, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you why I stand for it. Mm-hmm. When the disciples were giving food and, and they were saying, hey, this is who, we have to do our job. We can't stay giving food. They didn't say pick up anybody. They said, or that's good at giving food. They said, pick people that are, are showing the fruits of this. Uh, I'll get the exact, I'm paraphrasing that. Are showing biblical fruits that are, that are well known for giving biblical fruits. Pick these people to lead it. There was a standard that they had to live by before they could take that position of being dis- get distributors of food. So it's, it is something where even in, in the New Testament that they, they created, like, you got to be bearing a fruit. You got to show example of that before you take this position. You see that even with the, the, the outline in Titus of the elders. It's not just any old person could just be like an elder. Yeah, but that's for... Okay, we have to distinguish between... There's three biblical offices and the five ministerial gifts. And then we like to combine those things and give give the things that the Bible says are for the for those three offices to the to the ministry gifts. So the three offices are deacon, a uh, bishop and elder I think or something like that. I can't remember at the at the moment. But for those three offices in the church is when that is told. Make sure they're a person with only one wife, yada yada, the list. But when it talks about the five ministerial gifts, which is apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor, it does not have that criteria. But no, I'm because saying, but with, even but, the distribution of food, that was a criteria for them. Even Yeah, the but that's theirs. Right. They had that criteria. I mean, it, it doesn't say that the Lord told him to do that, but but that's besides the point. The point is that the criteria is for those three, those three biblical, uh, those three biblical offices. For the for the for the ministerial gifts, those are gifts. So God gives; He has the gift to be a pastor, so He doesn't have He doesn't have that criteria. The office is so that's why. That's that's the difference. So it's different from a pastor doing something they shouldn't be doing because they're a pastor. They they're claiming to be this thing, but I'm pretty sure Nicki Minaj is not claiming to be a a, a Christian singer or anything like that. So right. that's that's the that's the distinction. Yeah. My my only pushback would be um, is as at some point like. There's a difference between a member and someone that has influence over the, yeah, over exactly. the church. And we 
there we can't just it can't obviously there's a what, what if of god take it anybody could take this wall and open it up and make and, it and that was us. chris's point that that could have been a moment that god used yeah but Nicky what if, to do something like that and then the, and then the, another example is peter remember peter was the first one that preached and five thousand people got saved he's the first one of all the disciples and then what do we see after he was still a racist even after he was having he was he was praying to god and talking to god and and having this racist battle that still wanting to be with jews and the gentiles and this is after he was preaching and going around so yeah i mean and that's peter the i'm with you there i mean there was they all had flaws everyone in the bible that's but my point. having flaws and working in within the church and god's grace and blatantly disregarding god's principles and never trying to work in the in the in the mindset of god's you know body are two different things having if, if we were going to say someone has to be perfect to serve the lord that's no one would serve the lord we, we were obviously it's not worth saying someone should be perfect oh i'm not saying someone should be perfect but if you're going to give someone an opportunity to have influence others there should be an an additional regard of like I'm have influence on this song, this specific moment, but I need to also bear fruits to continue to disciple others. I get it, and I I, I would agree with you if that song, since we're talking about you know the Nicki Minaj, I would agree with you if she was speaking some craziness mm-hmm. on Tasha Cobb's album, then I I would agree with you, but the fact that she's actually speaking of about God and about, you know, I don't, I personally don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's wrong. And also that talks about us as, as people, like who we're giving the authority to have influence over us. Right. Because the Bible says, let no man teach you only mm-hmm. the spirit. Exactly. So, so it, it's up to us to, like you have mentioned before, to have that discernment. So I have to discern, okay, yeah, I'll listen to that song because even if she's on it, but. I'm gonna discern and not listen to the other stuff. It's not, yeah. It's not like it's not like if you listen to that song, you're gonna be like, "Oh my God, Nicki Minaj!" Now I have to go listen to all her albums. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, <clears throat> we we could all agree that we wouldn't want someone that clearly isn't living the lifestyle of, a, of what we would say a biblical lifestyle to be our our, our pastor or, yeah, to of be, course. or to be a preacher, right? But how how do you know that? Yeah, it, it all depends on. Whether God has revealed it or not, if exactly. He hasn't revealed it, yeah, but but if He has, we 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 sure, we, we gotta hold on to it, like right. But I think also what you were trying to mention is about like like the punishment that they would get or having to yeah, and that's a that's another thing I know, I know we've talked about before is like you know old school Pentecostals disciplina mm-hmm. you gotta sit in the back like who who like. What is your opinion on that? Like, oh, I heard this about this musician. I'm gonna, he's in discipline. He can't play. Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? So, discipline. That's a that's a that's a fun one. Um, I honestly, over the years, because at first, you know, you kind of were taught that that's the right way mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to approach things, but. Over the years, when you start reading the Bible and start learning, and you're like, okay, there's no realness. 
necessity for disciplina, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because if you if if you really repent from from your sins and you really you really repent and really, you know, ask for forgiveness truly. I think that God forgives you instantaneously. Exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, we, I don't think there should be a prolonged um, discipline for something that God could could change in an instant. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we can see this example in Peter before the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. He literally denies. God and Jesus three times, mm-hmm. and then literally like a month later, mm-hmm. he's like the lead man for the new like the primitive church. Exactly. I do though say that forgiveness and omission of consequence are two different things, and I think that's what disciplina tries to mitigate. Where like for example, if you um, do adultery and you get someone else pregnant, Though you're forgiven at the moment, there's still that physical consequence of someone else is pregnant that's that you're not married to, right? And that consequence could bear additional problems like within your marriage and all these other things. So I think, though I'm not a big proponent of disciplina, I would in that sense, I like I see it kind of where like it's also an addition to mitigate the problems that could that could cause. My my problem with it is, like, first of all. Whoever the leader is, the pastor or the elders, whatever. How first of all, how do they determine the time frame? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. yeah, I don't, I don't think it should be a certain time frame, but I do think depending on what you do, it could cause a ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. But the thing is to, that to yeah. prolong the problem is time frame and like, like if it's a small issue and I'm over it and I ask for forgiveness, like, and I'm over it over a week already apologize to everybody or whoever i needed to or god forgave me already i feel fine and now i have to wait three more months because yeah. that's what like like where's that like yeah that's like almost like doubling up on the consequence yeah does that make sense no yeah. like you going back to like you know if you get someone pregnant while you're <clears throat> married or whatever the case may be that's already a consequence that you're gonna have to deal with for the rest of your life yeah why does the church now have to implement another consequence on top of that? If, if, if uh, God forgave you and you, you know, did what you have to do with, you know, with the situation, that consequence obviously is going to be there. But why now does the church have to get involved? And added suffering. And add an additional suffering <laughs> to, to, um, whatever that that person did now but <clears throat> where do you in a bigger obviously in a smaller church you don't have them so much a public eye but as it goes to in the bigger of art is obviously there's a consequence of public public perception mm-hmm. so when do you take that into account where if i bring you back in and you fall you did something wrong i bring you immediately right back in to do your same position the consequence of the congregation not listening to you or the body of Christ, if we're looking at a, a more famous scale, not listening to you and causing more of a problem, when should the church step in in that sense of things to mitigate that problem? Whereas in like, if you're a musician, you fall to sin, you forgave, you're completely remorseful, God forgives you, the very next Sunday you start playing again. 
that could cause a problem within the congregation to be like, I can't even focus. This guy literally, we just found out he did something crazy, cheated on his wife, or he stole, or he did all these other. That could cause a, a consequence within the church where even though you're forgiving, one of your consequences is the public reception upon you. I think that's a mindset that sh- that people shouldn't have because that's it's so they like, shouldn't care about, about n- that. Because no, no, think just think about this. It's like saying that. Grace is a ladder. It's saying grace is a ladder. Mm. It's saying mm. that once you fall, you have to go back to step one and then bring climb it up and then you. climb again until you get to where wow. you're at. That that should not that that's not how God works. That's a good title. You you're preaching soon or what? That's <laughs> <laughs> a series. That's a series. Grace is not a ladder. I actually have to shout out my brother because my brother Dennis, he's a big influence on me and that's awesome he's such an amazing person when it comes to you know uh teaching me about the word and stuff he reads a lot of books and stuff but, that's good um he's actually, you were saying he's actually a good person to have on, on okay on. okay well, but sure. um like i was saying he, he was telling me he's like you know grace grace is not a ladder grace is not something where you have to b- build all the way up again because think about it because if it was like that then that's why so many people in church when they fall they leave church mm-hmm. because of that. Because they say, I fell. I, now I, I have, have to work myself up. I don't want to have to work, build Years, myself yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the way from scratch again when God is God is not like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's examples of that. You see David still a king after he went crazy mm-hmm. and did what he did. Peter, literally in the most important part of like the Bible, when Jesus dies, denies him. Says you're crazy and literally is leading. Paul was a you know, they all they all did. Abraham did did didn't listen, and he's a father of faith, and he right. did his own thing to try to solve the the promise. So we see this. It's just it's a hard dynamic right. because obviously we have so much more access to things with social media and the news and all these things becoming implemented in our lives. Mm-hmm. People's wrongs become so much more vivid right where like we're getting every gory detail mm-hmm. like where before somebody did something wrong like you know they did something yeah you didn't know exactly the detail of that it. was something i was going to mention earlier that it's about you know it's because of technology because mm-hmm. back then if paul was going to preach somewhere he would travel days to that city and it's only the people that were there that listened to him and then that's it it was just the people there unless they share it with somebody else yeah. right but they're not going to have the exact details is going to be a, a yeah. But now stuff is recorded yeah, but, video and you got every yeah. single Peter thing. wasn't recorded when he was denying. Like right. they just know he did it, but they don't know how rude he was yeah, or yeah. how vivid he was in denying. Yeah. And then in your head you could be like, Oh, Paul Peter just denied him softly. He wasn't you know, like and then you could you could justify or it makes it more palpable in in your life. No, right? and and then to touch on that point of David still being king, there's a famous uh video on Facebook of a preacher who when I heard this, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Saul, God anointed Saul as king, right? Oh, yeah. I saw that preaching. Yeah. That preaching was fire. Then after he told him not to take anything, burn, kill everything, whatever, he didn't do that. And then God removed the anointing from him mm-hmm. and left him as king. Yeah. He didn't remove him from being king. Right. And Saul was king for 40 years, I think it was. Yeah, for, yeah 40 more years, yeah. Yeah. And he was only anointed for two years. So he was as king 
more time not anointed mm-hmm. than he was anointed. Right. And God still left him in position. That's crazy. Yeah. And and that's what that's what we have to understand. Like we have yeah, you have your little disciplina, all right, take a break for a month or something. And we have to see and another thing is how well the church is equipped. Like a pastor saying, Oh, you have this amount of time and he has no he never took a class on psychology. He doesn't have no experience. He doesn't have a psychologist on his team to help people. And he's just giving a time off the top of his head. Yeah. That's, that's it's, 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 it's a unique thing. Like,